You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome, everyone. I am Johnny Christ, and this is the Drinks with Johnny podcast. Thanks for tuning in to our very special season three finale with Brentley Gilbert. That's right. This is the finale of our regularly scheduled programming, but that does not mean we are not going to bring you new content each and every week. We got some stuff that we have not released before. We're going to do some uh, some really fun throwbacks for you. We got a lot of content we're going to continue to keep going out with, so make sure you're subscribed and following us everywhere on social media. Oh, and head over to drinkswithjohnny.com. We have the blackout box if you're enjoying this episode and enjoying this show. You can win a chance to be on the Drinks With Johnny podcast simply by buying one of the blackout boxes. There's five golden tickets going into random boxes there, and you can be a guest on Drinks With Johnny just uh, by winning one of those golden tickets. Five golden tickets... (laughs) <laughs> Easy enough for me to say. Out of 100 boxes. So uh, make sure you go to drinkswithjohnny.com. Order one of those today. Also, you can go into our membership right there and become a filthy animal. Join the Discord that we are having so much fun with. Uh, just this Saturday, we had our Friendsgiving. Every month, we're doing a really fun live chat with the whole filthy family. And if that sounds like something you'd be interested in being a part of, Head over to drinkswithjohnny.com and sign up for a membership. As I said, this week is season three finale with Brantley Gilbert, the country star. Um, This is our first country music star on the show, so I'm really excited about it. Uh, We kicked it off really great. Um, Brantley was a real, real great dude. Great chat, getting to know him. Uh, We've been in touch a little bit here and there, and uh, it's been a lot of fun. I hope to uh, continue this friendship. I hope you guys enjoy this episode. We talk about everything from his music career to, uh, I mean, just his life in general, where he came up in a small town from Georgia, uh, reconnecting with his now wife, uh, his kids. <laughs> Fuck, he's making furniture now, guys. This is incredible. Anyways, uh, Brentley Gilbert, great dude, great musician, great songwriter. Enjoy the show. So without further ado, I bring you my chat with Brantley Gilbert. Hey, okay, man. How the hell are you? I got uh, I got Brantley Gilbert here on Drinks with Johnny. Where the fuck are you in the world, and how are you doing today, man? 
What's going on, brother? I'm in Nashville, Tennessee for a couple of days. I, uh, I live in Georgia, but we come up here to work uh, every now and then. You were so, born uh, You were born in Georgia, in a smaller town, right? Oh, yeah, and still live there. I went to uh, Jefferson. My wife went to Commerce, and that was like the most heated football rivalry in the state of Georgia at the time. And, uh, so we live in neutral territory now. It's Maysville. It's just a little town that doesn't have a... Maybe one stop sign. If you close your eyes, you'll miss it. Oh shit! That's a real, real small town. Oh yeah. Well, fuck. It took that. us forever to get some internet that worked out there, man. It was like, you know, <laughs> we're still in the Stone Age. Well, I'm glad you're in Nashville then for this, because obviously we're on a Zoom call doing this. Uh, we're actually we're actually filming just a few days. It'll be uh, the end of November till people actually probably get to see this episode. But so it's no. gonna be real funny because I'm I'm all get uh, done up for Halloween. I got my beard all dyed. I like. I have a costume that I got that I got going on. I do a Halloween party every every year. It's an annual big big shindig. Everyone gets dressed up. It's super fun. Maybe one time when you're around Southern California, I'll give you the invite. But uh, yeah, I just got my beard dyed. I never dye my beard. It's for a costume. I look like ridiculous right now. I got sh- I got cut shaving all, all, right oh. before we went going. So I just you know let's let's go. Let's let's just let's just do the real damn thing, right? Let's do it. <laughs> Dude, one of the amazing things that I wanted to talk to you about, first of all, your music is amazing. I've been a fan for a long time now. Really, We'll get into some of that stuff. We'll geek out about that. But I want to get yeah, into some of, the, some of the other fun stuff. You've got a kicking it at home line of furniture. What the fuck is this, man? See, this is something that like in the rock world I can't get away with. There's no way I could just like put out a bunch of furniture and people be like, I'm going to buy that. Like, he plays bass in a metal band. I'm sure his furniture is decent. Like, I don't know, like, how, how did this come about and why, like, why are you doing this? Dude, so, you know, the COVID thing, uh, the pandemic hit everybody a little bit different. I was not one of the people that, like, you know, you hear people talking about how they, they grew, you know, in one way or another, and they, you know, kind of evolved a little bit or, or you know, I was not that guy, man. I was absolutely just miserable. And obviously, you know, a lot of folks had it worse than I did to, you know, uh, but, you know, just personally, it was not something I dealt well with. And there was a lot of free time that I had to figure out how to, you know, how to oh, stay yeah. busy. I, I don't do lazy well. I don't do still well. Um, man, I'm, I'm sure you can relate to something about being on a bus, you know, where you always feel like you're going somewhere and doing something. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I can, I could definitely feel you with that. Like that, that was a, I mean, I've been home since 2018. This is the longest I've been home off the road, uh, uh, since I was 18 years old. So, I mean, I was, I'm fucking dying, but I'm glad I had this podcast so I could have people like you and zoom technology and everything to get me through it but yeah so he's so you got like a lot of time on your hands you start looking at the garage are you like i think i could build a chair <laughs> pretty much it was uh well i met a i met a guy named earl williams i actually went on a hunt in indiana and i met him out there and man we just kind of hit it off and became friends and that was you know he's he's got his hands on a lot of different businesses but the furniture space is one of those um and we kind of just a conversation started and it was kind of a it was kind of a joke man in the beginning you know and uh the more and more we talked about it it was you know we had just got done building a farm in alabama at the time and you know my wife's crazy about furniture so i was like man she can uh 
she can help me out a little bit. Maybe we'll come up with something that doesn't suck too awful fucking bad, you know? Um, <laughs> so, man, it, it, was, it was a fun thing. It was, you know, it was, for me, it was about finding a way to occupy my, my mind and my hands and, and uh, you know, just one of the many things we tried to do to stay busy. You know, we, uh, we're, we're a few of those. We got in the furniture business. Um, we built what, what we call the dog house, which is 7,500 square foot, like man cave slash garage slash jam room slash. <laughs> 7,500 square feet. Yeah, man. It's awesome. You'll have to come check it out. Sometime. I would love find, to check it out. Find, find in Georgia. <laughs> I've got, I've got man cave envy now. I'm sitting in my man cave. This is in my house at my bar. And I'm like, for Southern California, I've got a pretty nice man cave, but that ain't oh, no yeah. Georgia 7,500 square foot man cave. I got to. <laughs> I got to work on that shit. Yeah, man. We had we had fun with it, and we got into, you know, being from Georgia, man, I grew up uh, kind of shooting guns and hunting and all that stuff. So me and a couple of buddies of mine, we, we kind of got into accessorizing and building a little bit. And, you know, we man, it was all about just trying to find ways to occupy time and, and not feel like a bum. Right, right. No, I mean, uh, everyone went through that quite a bit. I mean, on different levels too. We we, we could we, we could talk on that a little bit. But uh, one of the things I know that must have been keeping you busy and not being out on the road. And you got two little kids at home, right? Yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, that'll keep you fucking busy, especially when you don't get to retreat to the bus, right? Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> man. And, and honestly, I gained a whole new respect for my wife. And it, I, I don't know how she does it, dude. She, you know, um, that's a uh, it's a full-time job I could not do. You know what I mean? Oh, right. <laughs> For sure, man. I, I, I had to turn into Mr. Mom. I've been home with my four-year-old. Like, it's, it's, a, it's a silver lining, though, right? Like, we'll, we'll be okay. A lot of people will have it a lot worse off when we talk about monetary uh, repercussions of, of the last 18 months. But aside from that, like, the, you look at the silver lining, it did force you to slow down a little bit. It did force you to spend some more time with the kids, probably. I know, I know that it did for me. I mean... I can't take that time back now where I, I was around him so much for, you know, four years of his life, you know, and that's like, yeah. and, uh, you know, but to your point though, <laughs> the women, our wives are fucking saints. Like they're just fucking You're saints to be able to do that shit. <laughs> How old are your kids? You got a boy and a girl, right? Or Yeah. My little girl's two. She turned two in September and my little boy's about to turn four. We got a cat in a hat birthday party coming up pretty soon. Ooh, cat in the hat. Are you oh, are yeah. you gonna are you gonna get in the in the cat suit for your for your boy? My boy PJ is. He's right. my brother and he uh he's he's a bigger dude and we ordered the costume and it like swallowed me whole. So he's gonna uh he's gonna help us out a little bit. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You're gonna have like you gotta give out like a goldfish to as as a as like, you know, uh, when you throw birthday parties, you got to give out the, the, the baggies for all the kids that came to the birthday party. You got to give out gold. Oh, yeah. Right? The party favors. You know, my wife is in charge of that, too. <laughs> Thank God. Can you imagine man, trying to throw? I, I can't imagine me trying to throw a birthday party for a kid. It would probably not end up well. No, no. I just like, you know, send them down to a hill and get let them get dirty. Like, you know, that's fun, right? Like, I don't know, man. Here's some pizza. Here's some cake. Let's go. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we'll be done in an hour. <laughs> yeah, it'll be a good time though. He's a uh, man. He's kind of coming into his own. My little boy's. I think he's going to be my little kind of a little bit tenderhearted. I mean, he's got a little bit of me in him, but 
he, uh, you know, I'm, I'm hoping they take more from their mama than they do to me. I don't know if you can relate to that. I can all. definitely relate to that. But I think my little girl's going to be my, uh, she's going to be my hellion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's always the youngest exactly. one. Are you, are you guys going to, are you guys think you're done after these two? Are you going to keep, you're going to keep trying for some more kids or where are you feeling that? I think we're done. Yeah. I think both of us, both of us are done. Now, with that being said, if an accident happened, I don't think it would bum either of us out. Right, you know? right, right. But uh, yeah, we're we're happy with the two we got, and and very busy with the two we got. You know, it's. Uh, <laughs> I just got the one. I I love it because I'm just, we're one and doneers. Me and the wife. We're like I see all my friends have like two, and then uh, my brother's got six, and I'm like, fuck that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's fun I though. I love I love all my nieces and nephews. I, I absolutely do, and I love all my everybody. But when I see what the parents are doing, I'm like, nah, I'm good with one. I could I could put all my attention on one. It's great, you know. I'm here for it. Are you are you, are you having a drink of any kind? I know I know you're off the booze. I, I heard you on uh, Justin Moore's podcast say that you're allergic to alcohol because you break out in handcuffs every time you drink. Yeah, yeah, man. Apparently, I'm not very nice and I make bad decisions. So, uh, you know, it was kind of something I had to knock out. But I see your shirt, man. We got some friends in common. Yes, we do. Uh, yeah, let's talk about that. Seba uh, Creek, one of my good friends, Mark Short, from about like 10 years ago. Um, and uh, I guess your ex-manager, uh, Rich Egan. Uh, yeah, still a yeah. good friend of mine, man. Yeah, good friends. They're, good, they're friends with each other, and then through that, we're we're gonna be friends now. We, we we're repping the Seba Creek. They said they're gonna send me a pound the next time you're around, and uh, we have to smoke the whole thing. Are, are we are we good with that? Absolutely, I, man. A pound. We might need some help. <laughs> well, I'm sure we'll bring some friends. We'll bring some friends. I can do that. Maybe. Oh, yeah, maybe man. the next time. I, I know you. Uh, you had scheduled that Huntington Beach. Uh. Uh. uh country on the beach thing that was scheduled a couple months ago and you had to cancel that but if you ever get that rescheduled that's literally a mile down the beach from my house so before Perfect. after whatever we'll kick it that sounds like a plan dude i mean i'm a big fan by the way oh, uh, thank you man y'all are playlisted to hell and back i got i got all the records on my on my phone y'all are like my bike when i'm on the bike man it's like nightmare burn it down freaking get after thank you thank you so much for that that's cool and likewise i've been listening to you for a while now i mean uh my wife is pretty much i I got into country a little bit when we were doing the self-titled record we had a country song on there and we were hanging out with the big and rich guys and uh uh, the nashville mafia (laughs) um and uh we got into it for a while then like years years past and my wife's listening to a bunch of countries she's she's into the the contemporary country kind of the stuff you put out like the stuff like songs you wrote with uh jason aldean and all the all the collabs you've done um and uh, and she was like you i think you're gonna like this guy like this is probably eight years ago or something like that and i was she's like he's he's got like a like a real rocking vibe to it too it's not just straight country it's this real rock and roll thing going i was like Oh, oh yeah, you're right. This is fucking awesome, <laughs> and I'm like it's got like a Skinner draw to it. It's got like it's still country. Don't get me wrong. And then especially when you get into ballads, man. I knew most of the party hits, and that's where I where I gravitated towards your music. And then right. when I was really ingratiating myself on, especially the last record, uh, last record in 2020 that came out, 
And uh, the ballads in there too, man. You're like really speaking, and I'm like, this is fucking cool. Like, I like seeing that diversity in an artist. You know what I mean? Like, it's not, it's not all party hits. There's some, there's just some other deep shit. There's some other ballady stuff. There's some straight country. It's just, it's just all over the place. And man, I love your fucking voice too. It's just such a different. Like when you hear when when a Brantley Gilbert song comes on, you know exactly who the fuck that is. <laughs> I appreciate that. That's it just years of smoking and, and beating the thing to death. But man, I, I tell you, <laughs> some of my favorite records uh, of all time, man. Looking back, when I first started writing here in in, in Nashville, in town, uh, I started where I'm still at Warner Chapel. And but back in the day, before you walked out the door, they used to have these like stands, and they had CDs that were like demos of each writer. And a lot of writers would have everything they wrote in that quarter or, or whatever time period it was. And it'd just be like a mixtape, everything that writer was capable of. And, man, I really gravitated to those just because I like a little bit of everything. And everybody says that, but I feel like, you know, there are a few of us that truly mean it. Like, I, I feel like I can listen to something and, and take something good and, and bad away most of the time. Yeah. but. You know, I've always felt like I was more of a writer than an artist. I guess is may seem sound weird, but um, oh, no, I mean that's. I think that's a that's an important thing to say. A lot of people don't understand. You know, this is the reason why we do a podcast interview a little bit long form. We could get into the weeds on that shit and 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 educate the listener a little bit who may not have been in our shoes as as a songwriter versus a performer versus a shredder versus, you know, there's, there's all these, they just see, they just grab an album, write and listen and go like, wow, this is just, I either like it or I don't, you know, and that's usually the, at the extent of it. But when you talk For to sure. guys like yourself, what you, what you project forward, like you feel like you're a songwriter before anything else, right? Like that, that's what, that's what brought you to music was the ability, was your want and ability to create. And that's, that's different sure. than a lot of other artists out there. Some of them are there just for the money. Some of them are there just for the for the fame or the rush of the performance, um, and I think that I think it shows through in in all the songs that you've written that you really are a, a songwriter at heart. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I appreciate that, brother. And then, you know what? It's a man. I feel like it's a. It's, it's been an advantage, and you know, for several different reasons. Mainly, you know, we know where we belong, and that's outside the box. As long as there's a box in country music or, or you know, whatever genre, we know where we belong, right outside of it. But it also allows me, man, if I, you know, if I want to write a my country song, I can write a, a country song. If I write a rock song, it's a rock song. If I write a song, it's got some rap or some hip-hop in it like it is what it is and i can do it unapologetically because you know if somebody listens to my back catalog they can't say oh he's branching out and doing something crazy i don't like this new direction you know we all have to grow and evolve but i feel like as a songwriter you know we can kind of branch out and you know if just let a song be what it is and in the past right now more than ever you know because the rules have changed so much and 
the way people, you know, consume music is so different than it's been in the past. I feel like that's going to be another advantage. You know, if you're writing for playlisting or, or, you know, whatever it is, we can get outside the box. There's not really a box anymore. You know, we, we were blessed and, and had an opportunity to do a song with, with Ivan and the guys from Five Finger Death Punch. We did the... I saw, yeah, I saw it. Was, it. was a blue, black... What is it? Black, blue, blue on black. Blue on black. Yeah. That's what it was. Sorry, yeah. Blue on black. It's a really fun video, too. Um, and Brian May was on that, too, from fucking Queen. I was like... <laughs> So I saw I saw the title um, and I was watching on YouTube as I was looking at some of your music videos, and I I was going through and I saw Five Finger. Oh my my boys! I, I'm good friends with those guys. Like I, I, yeah. you know, Chris Kale's been on the show. He was on the show right now, like a few weeks ago, just just this season. Um, good friend. And I was like, oh, let me check this out. And then, but I, it didn't say everybody on there. It said Five Finger and Brantley Gilbert. Dot dot dot. So I was I was surprised when I saw Brian May show up in the video, and I was like, "Now that's fucking cool." How did did you get did you get any any interaction with uh, with the boys? Uh, uh, Obviously with the Five Finger dudes, but uh, with Brian May as well. I have not yet, and man, I'm I'm making that a bucket list thing. I I tell you, man, it was uh, those are guys I grew up listening to. Never in a million years, you know. Even when we got in the country format, and we. We've seen some success, and, and man, we're real proud of what we built. But I never, in a million years, thought, you know, I'd be on a track with Brian or, or Kenny Wayne or Shepard. Or oh, that's right, know, that's or, who else was on there, Kenny Wayne Shepard. Yep. Yeah, it was just man, it was that it was wild, and and you know, the Five Finger guys had reached out, and we'd been talking about doing something together for a while, and uh, I haven't reached out. Me and Ivan actually became buddies, man, and, and we're text buddies, and we, we talk every now and then. Dude, he's just such a cool dude. He's, he's you know, uh, he's, he's been really cool to me, and, and we talked about a bunch of different ideas, but that one we kind of centered in on, and, you know, it all went to the, the uh, profits went to the Gary Sinise Foundation. It was just something cool to be a part of. Oh, I didn't man. realize that. It was, it was a charitable thing, too. That's cool, man. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. Not just a collab for no reason. Got a good reason behind it, too. I like that. Yeah, for sure. And, man, dude, that, that's one thing that I'm digging about music right now is you're finding more and more people that are, are willing to cross, you know, these genre lines or, or, you know, whatever it is that's divided us in the past. And I feel like our listener base, you know, some of them are a little more hesitant to cross over. Than, they than they, they, always, they always come kicking and screaming some, some, when, you, when you evolve, <laughs> you know. Like, I, I know for us, every time we put out a new record, it's – it's what we're feeling at the moment as, as you as a songwriter understand, like you're an artist. This is I'm taking in the moment and that's my muse. That's how I'm writing right now. Uh, right. So you hear that in someone's evolution of a, of a discography, right? So it's like, it's going to be different every time you're still going to, it's still going through the same filter, right? But the, sure. but the inspiration is going to be different. Thus the sound, the music is going to be different every time. And it always throws sure. people off the first time they hear it. And then they come back and I always tell them, just keep listening. Try it again. Try it again. Try it again. And then they, they come around, usually. And then the rest yeah, of them could fuck off, you know, whatever. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> what are you Good popping right there? What are, what are you popping right there? What candy you got there? Little Coke. Coke. Oh, a little baby Coke. Well, who gave yeah, you the baby Coke? Coke. <laughs> are you, no, no, no. I'm sorry. You're just that big of a man. I didn't realize you, you were a giant. Yeah, I didn't know a, I was speaking to a giant here. I'm a giant. You know what? Isn't that crazy when people meet you sometimes and they're like, oh, I thought you were bigger. Like that shit really does happen all the time. Like I'm, I'm six foot on Wikipedia, you know, um, but I'm like 
five ten, five eleven, maybe. I enjoy that extra inch, you know, they give me online. Absolutely. <laughs> People miss Every, everybody like, enjoys an extra inch, Brantley. That's I think. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah, no, no, you can't complain to, to me about that. I am five <laughs> foot six in fucking creepers, bro. I everybody, oh, yeah. everybody, like everybody thinks I'm taller than than when the fans meet me. And that now all the fans who are who have been with us for many years all know, obviously. But like, you get those sure. ones every once in a while. Like, I didn't know you were so short. I'm like, <laughs> thanks. That's a really nice thing for you to say to me. All right, what's the line from Tombstone? That is a hell of a thing for you to say to me. <laughs> we were quoting that movie the other day. That's like one of the best one-liner movies of all time. Val Kilmer fucking slays it. Everybody slays that movie. That is, I, I was just having a conversation with Spencer from Ice Nine Kills the other day, and uh, he, he can recite a few good men verbatim, like the entire movie. And I told him I could do that with Tombstone because that was my favorite movie growing up. I saw it when it opened up Christmas Day with my family, and I, I'm the kind of guy, if I really like a movie... I will fucking repeat it like every other night. I will be, I'll, I'll go to sleep watching the same movie for months at a time. I, I, how are you yeah. on movies? Do you, do you watch, do you, do you rewatch a lot? Are you, are you like that or? A little bit of both, man. I, I think I enjoyed, you know, seeing other people's creations, you know what I mean? What, what they, what they come up with. And, you know, I, I like war movies <laughs> and the shoot them up stuff, but, uh, we used to joke around a lot. People used to ask me what my favorite movies were, and it was like Rocky, Rambo, and The Notebook. <laughs> and The Notebook. Yeah, That's I love solid, The Notebook. Oh, I, love, I love a good romantic movie. I, I'm not above that. Yeah. I'm more of a rom-com guy. Like, I, I like... Sure. But, I mean, I like movies like P.S. I Love You. had me teared up, man. I was on a, I was on a, on a flight. I, this is what I do. I'm on a flight by myself. We're going overseas. It's a long one, something like that. I'm like, all right, get me a bottle of red wine, some cheese and crackers, and I'm going to watch some romantic comedies. And I always <laughs> just by myself. <laughs> and it's we're still the last thing. Anyway. By, we're getting canceled right now by some of our. our <laughs> yeah, we're yeah. just outing ourselves that like we're, we're not as badass as you think we are, you know? Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm not, I'm not. I'm not. BG, you probably are, but, but I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I'm retired. <laughs> yeah, once you have kids, I think you, you start retiring pretty quickly. You know what? I was talking to somebody the other day, and it, it was my best friend from school, and it was like, man, and we were talking about kind of the past and, and how different things are. Because uh, I've never, man, have kids, and I, I've never seen God or known love like that. You know, it was just a, a whole new breed, man. And we, we were kind of talking about the old days and, you know, how drastic the change is. Because we're still the same people, right? We have the same faults. And, but, you know, I feel like you, you grow and you relearn and, and they kind of teach you everything all over again. But I do feel like as crazy as I've been in the past and as much shit as we've got ourselves into having kids, I feel like I'm more passive right now than I've ever been in my life since I quit drinking. You know, so the past 10 years, I've been more passive than before, but I feel like I am more dangerous right now than I've ever been in my entire life. <laughs> if somebody were to hurt, lay a hand, just, man, I'm actually, that's actually a legitimate concern of mine. Like, I'm worried about, like, ball games and shit. Because I'm not going to be the dad that, like, if somebody from, a parent from another team says something about my kid, I'm not going to be like, hey, that's that's my kid, you better watch your mouth. Like, 
I'll run up on the dude in the parking lot, stab his ass a couple times. Well, I won't stab. Him. Okay, I was like, whoa, bro. <laughs> I mean, hey, I'm all I'm all for protecting my sons and shit. Yes. <laughs> no, but there it's, may it's, be an altercation in the parking lot. You yeah, know yeah. You uh, yeah, I could I could see that, man. I mean, especially if you uh, are naturally a little bit more high strung like that. If you got like, and for so long you've been working on it, right? And 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 you know, are, and and are being more passive. Sometimes it's, you you don't know when it's going to click, right? Is that is that basically yeah. what you're saying? Is he worried about when that moment clicks and you go you go Rambo yeah. on somebody? A little switch, you know what I mean? Um, but but I can't honestly say, man. That was that was part of the you know the drinking thing for me. Uh, you know, knocking that out, I I learned a lot, man. It's a whole new life, and and. Learned that, man, I, I prioritized being tough, and I thought I knew the definition of tough, and I just I had it all backwards. I think, you know, a lot of being tough is, you know, being resilient and being able to push through real-life shit, you know, as opposed to, you know, hand-to-hand, fisticuffs, whatever you want to call it. It's, uh, I mean, I've, I've kind of tried to gear, you know, the energy I had towards that into, into some more – more healthy things in life. And, and uh, of course, anybody that knows me will tell you, dude, I'm still rowdy and I still like to party with the best of them. The only thing that makes me comfortable, I mean, uncomfortable is when people that do drink don't drink around me. It makes you feel like the naked guy in the corner. You know, it's, oh, I got no problem drinking around you, Brantley. I got no I problem drinking that, around you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually, so I was going to say, like, so I did like your line too. You became more of a Willie Nelson fan. Um, with, so I, I, I got it right away. It was not over my head. I, I understood. Um, <laughs> these are really cool. I don't know if you've seen them because I don't think they probably have them out in Nashville. They're uh, they're a hi-fi hops from Lagunitas. So it's just a sparkling water that's infused with THC and CBD. So it's zero calories and everything. That's why I drink it. I like to stay a little trim sometimes, you know. Got to work on the bod. But uh, no, it's just fucking... And it gets you a nice mellow buzz and... Nice. You feel like you're drinking an actual beer, and you're just getting a little high. It's fucking perfect. Hey man, I'm a fan already. We'll you come out. You come out to California. I'll, I'll I'll get you. I'll get you hooked up with some. Just bring the bus through because you could probably take it on the bus. Just don't go into Canada or Mexico, as you know, and you'll be just fine. <laughs> that For actually sure. brings up a question. While you were talking earlier, I thought about it, and I was like, man, I have no idea what it's like to uh, travel. First, in a country band, you know, I know how to travel on the road, but buses, a bus is a bus is a bus, right? Uh, we've, all, we've all done that. And then second part, what's it like to be in a country band if you're ever going overseas? I mean, what are those? Do you go overseas very often or you pretty much stay here uh, in, the U- in the U.S.? We have in the past. Uh, we've done a few tours over to Europe. We've been to Australia. Uh, all the tours we did overseas, though, were USO tours, so it was geared kind of towards yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Going to entertain our military but we did spend some time overseas we played the c2c stuff where it's like country to country they take a bunch of different artists and, oh yeah i was and, gonna say i don't know what this is yeah because as opposed to i'm sorry i'm sorry know, i cut you off there could you explain what cdc c2c is what, what that is i'm sorry yeah they take like a like a pretty stacked lineup right and they play bigger rooms overseas as opposed to going in you know it's like starting all over when you go and if you didn't, you know, if there wasn't a huge lineup, if it wasn't a huge bill, um, you, you know, starting small and, and kind of building a following over there all over again. 
we kind of went late, I guess, later in life, I'll say. Um, I mean, it was just kind of a thing that was, it was going to be extremely time consuming and it's something, you know, I'm sure we'd like to go back and do, uh, as for right now though, you know, after these 18, 19 months of being off, it's kind of like building back what we had built here, you know, um, but yeah, man, I I enjoyed going overseas a little bit. I'm I'm a, I'm a homeboy. I'm not gonna lie. I like I like being here, and I like yeah. You like you like your comfort. You like your comfort. Like you like your chairs from the Brantley Gilbert line of furniture. That's what I'm talking about. Kicking it. <laughs> what you say is kicking it at home. Kicking it yeah. at home. That's what it is, guys. Yeah. You like homeboy kicking it at home with his own furniture. <laughs> well, that's it. That's it. But we we have had some fun overseas, man. It's been a uh, you know we did a. Uh, USO tour and went to Germany, Italy, and ended up in Kuwait. Yeah, we've we, we done the we've done the Kuwait one as well. We had Kuwait and uh, and uh, uh, Iraq uh, at the end, towards the end of uh, of of that whole war going on. We were, we were we're on the tail end there. Hell yeah, man! We 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 wanted to go uh, to you know kind of a little closer to where it actually was, and I think that was the original intention. Uh, but things got a little bit hot right before we left and they moved, bumped us over to Kuwait. But, man, I, it, it was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, being exposed to culture that, that you've never been exposed to before is kind of interesting to me. Uh, it's kind of like the biker thing all over again. It's like that was something I didn't know anything about until I kind of got, you know, you, you get in and, and kind of figure out where your place is. Um, but, yeah, man, we, we had a – it was honestly a better reaction than I thought over there because mm-hmm. – Honestly, man, when I first started touring, like we toured around, you know, first Georgia, branched out into Florida, then we get to Carolinas and Alabama, and you know, you just we kind of spread out from home. And this was all before we signed. And I remember thinking how crazy it was. We went up to Illinois and we played a show on the way to Chicago. And my mom was from Indiana, but I'd never been further north than Indiana. Um, and, man, I honestly thought in my heart of hearts, I just grew up thinking that once you got above the Mason-Dixon line, there wasn't any country folks anymore. <laughs> and, dude, I was so – uh, How old were you start? How old were you when you were starting out traveling, just in the south, before you started venturing north? Uh, I was probably – when I started playing this little cover band, right, we traveled around a little bit, just mainly in the state of Georgia. We may bounce out a little bit. Uh, I was 15, and then when I was 17, I met a guy named Corey Smith from Georgia. Uh, he's from my hometown in Georgia. And he, he's a singer-songwriter. He's incredible, man. He'll always be one of my main influences when it comes to writing because he showed me it was it was all right to write about home, and not just home, like really specifically at home, you know, talking about things. And it, it just uh, it kind of clicked with me, and he, uh, he took me around, and we hit some college markets, uh, Florida, mainly, mainly Southeast. Um, and, you know, from there we kind of branched out. So I was 15 or 16 when I started trying to be safe. If I wasn't playing ball on a weekend, I'd be somewhere playing. When you, when you say ball, you're playing uh, baseball, football? Yeah, baseball, football. All right, all right. I like that. Not at the college level, man. I graduated with 66 people, so we got to play. You know I was going to say, yeah, yeah, I mean, you. Who who did you cut? It was only sixty six people. Nobody. <laughs> you don't cut anybody. What position Everybody. did you play? What, what position did you play? Football. I was uh, free safety. Uh, I had to play quarterback Speed. my senior year. I didn't like that at all. But before that, I was free safety receiver. Um, I returned punts and kicks. 
And uh, I, I didn't, man. I never came off the field. There, there were a bunch of us like that. Oh, you mean you got to be? You got to be two-way players on a team. That, I mean, on a school that's only got sixty-six people. <laughs> we, we got beat a lot. All right, we won a few, but we we got beat a lot. But you had fun with it, right? Yeah, and we we were actually our school was we were really good at baseball. We went to the Final Four. Uh, you know, we were in the top four every year. Oh, uh, really? What, what really position? Cool. What, what position did you play in baseball? Outfield, uh, left field. He kind of they moved me around. That was one of those. We we really did have a good baseball team. When I was younger, you know, they'll, they'll, it was it was cool. We kind of all came up playing together, and in the offseason, you know, you play travel ball, and so it was like kind of a. We were good at baseball. We stuck to baseball. We played football because it was fun and we dug it. But we, you know, it wasn't a thing where you thought she's going to be playing for a state championship ever. But uh, but in baseball, man, we had a lot of fun. And, and uh, it, man, I'll never forget, man. I, I hope my son gets into that. I, I probably won't push him, you know, quite like my dad did me. Uh, but if he decides that's something he wants to do, I'll definitely – Definitely push, man. I, I, I think that's I learned, a generational thought, right? I think that's a generational thought, right? Our parents, like, kind of, for the most part, ride you a little bit more. Our generation, like, more more parents of younger children like yourself or my, my, and some friends I've spoken to. It seems to be the general consensus that you just, you don't force it. You hope that they want to get into something. You give them all the options. I mean, we're, we're fortunate enough that we can literally give our children all the options of what they want to get into and just say, figure it out, and I'll support you in any way, right? For sure, yeah, man. I yeah, and I, I hope it is something. You know, I want them to find something they're passionate about. That's that's another you know change we're looking at is start. See, like you said, you don't have to pressure them into anything. You can, but I don't want to push him away. You know, by right. trying to you know drag him towards something, I don't want to push him away. And in, in, you know, instead, so. Uh, but yeah, man. I, I got to tell you, and, and you know how it is. You got one becoming a dad just changes every little thing about everything. You know, I mean, it's Insane. almost every decision. You know, every like, parent listening to this right now, like at any age, they could. You know, they're the the parents of older children are probably like a little further removed from how how much it changed their lives. But anyone with yeah. young kids right now that's listening or watching this is like, oh, I I know exactly what you mean. Because like, yeah. it's it's fresh in our mind still. Ask us again in twenty years, we'll be like, oh no, it was fine. But like, no, that shit fucked me up. <laughs> I mean, I I was talking about getting my beard dyed for this uh, for this uh, Halloween uh, 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 costume I got coming up. It's not because I don't naturally have darker hair. It's because my hair got super gray after I had my son. So I got just like fuck, and I, I I just let it go. I don't try and fake the funk usually, but you know. <laughs> yeah, hey man, I ain't gonna lie to you. If it wasn't for a little bit of camouflage, I'd be looking like Father Time on this bitch tonight. <laughs> it happens, man. man. You got two. Early. You got two. You you got the yeah. one up on me. Yeah. Speaking of your family, though, we were and and uh, your high school days and playing ball. And I love hearing about that because it's just it makes me think of my of my high school days too. And I I know it's fun to reminisce on that every once in a while. And I I understand that you met your wife at a, at a pretty young age too in Georgia, right? Yeah, dude, I was working off some community service hours at a church, and she. Uh, <laughs> That's amazing. I was wait, wait, wait. Yeah, I, 
I'm glad I'm glad that you stopped left because I was like, okay, I'm gonna let that one go and then come back to it. Uh, <laughs> I was awesome. watching face. <laughs> so, so wait, wait. Before you go any further, what what community service were you doing, and and for what reason? What what, what was what was this turnaround? I forget what they charged me with. At the end of the day, that matters not on my record anymore. Good for you. Congratulations. So, uh, no sense in bringing up old shit. Long story short is my cousin, uh, the youth ministry, is a Christian therapist and counselor back home, and, and he was working at that church, and her family went there. Uh, so I met her there. Um, I was just out of high school. She was still in it. We talked on the phone, right, until she turned 18, and then we kind of dated a little bit. We were on and off for about five years, and then we didn't speak to each other, see her speak to each other for five years. Um, and then we ended up getting back together and we were married a year after that. So we've got a long history, man. And, and she's an incredibly special woman and, and knew me before any of this other stuff happened, you know, and, and she does a, an extremely good job of keeping me grounded. It, it, that's, that's, that's the best way to put it. Yeah. We she's need, a, we need that. We need those women in our lives. The strong women who could be like, call us out on our bullshit. We're going yeah. too far on the other end. I mean, I know you don't. You haven't drinking in a long time, but you know it's a constant struggle with me and my wife and my drinking sometimes because it's like you went too big that night and you were up too late. <laughs> and it's not. It's not like it's not like in a mom way. It's it's where like, hey, I just want you to live longer, so like chill out a little bit. <laughs> and For you sure. need that. And like when you say it's grounded, like it, maybe it's calming you down, maybe it's whatever, but it's being that positive to a lot of your or or the slowing down to a lot of your speed, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, man. It's, you know, just blessed, you know, well, well beyond what I deserve. But those, you know, it got to a point, you know, after those, those on and off five years, it was like, man, I knew I loved a woman, you know, and, and, uh, but I was just, man, I was running with a tough crowd and she's, that's not her, that's not her bag, man. She's, uh, You'll very seldom hear cuss much, and, and we're a very unlikely pair. <laughs> it's a, uh, you know, but it works for whatever reason. It works, and uh, man, I've I've never loved a woman in my my life the way I love my wife. So. Yeah, now congratulations, and and how long you guys been married now? Six years. Six years. Congratulations, man. That's awesome. Yeah. And it's so it's cool. It's all record for relationship. <laughs> Is it an all time record? Oh yeah, I've been married longer than I was ever in another relationship. <laughs> I think that's how it's supposed to work, though, right? <laughs> now that you say it, I guess you got a fucking point. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers to that, man. Yeah, I, I, I have a similar situation. I met my wife when I was twelve years old, and uh, we we didn't start dating then, but we didn't start dating until we were in our twenties. But uh, I like you saying that it was off and on for five years, and then not talking for five years, and obviously a soulmate situation here where. I think that's important to point out for a lot of people that like you a relationship gets stronger every time you get in a fight, right? Like I, to a degree. No, no, no. Toxic fights. No, I'm not talking about that. But like you go, <laughs> you go through like, so whenever, you know, when you're like figuring each other out and that's going to continue your whole life. I don't, I, I don't think too many people talk about it, but I, I feel like, I don't think that ever stops. Like, I don't think that you're yeah. like at an age where you're just like, oh, we're fucking, I'm, I'm perfectly good. You're perfectly good. And we're just, the rest of our lives just all gravy. I don't think that's how it works. <laughs> I know no, a lot of well, people try. Overly good. When she gets overly good, I start like looking over my shoulder, like, "When's the bullshit coming?" You know, but um, no doubt, no doubt. 
it's a learn man. It's a, it's a learning thing, and honestly, I feel like you know when you find somebody that you're willing to learn with, and you're willing to learn how to love with, it's it's uh, and it, it kind of keeps it fresh. You know, it can be a pain in the ass when it's happening, but it does. Uh, it, man, at, at the end of the day, I I can't imagine fighting through the stuff that we've been through with anybody else. I don't. Yeah, you, to your point about being the longest relationship, you push that shit out before it gets to that point, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, after her, I was I was pretty guarded. I, I was honestly not a dude where I had a bunch of, you know, serious relationships. That wasn't really my bag. I was always up front about it, you know, and that, but she was always kind of, she had a, I wrote a song, uh, I finished the song not long ago, but I've been working on it. It's one of those that I had in the back of my head and I'd write a little bit on it, you know, and mm-hmm. over the course of some years, you know, I finally finished it the other day, but it's called uh, a little more of me, a little more of me than I thought. And it's a, uh, it's kind of the story of the whole situation. It's like, you know, when it ended, you know, it's like, I, you know, brushed it off. Like I've been through this, I can handle it. And mm-hmm. I think for years, you know, the drinking was kind of a, you know, a mask for me and it covered that up too, along with all the, you know, a lot of the little things in life that I was just unwilling to deal with. And I think, yeah. uh, when I got that out, you know, I got that shit out of my life. It was, it kind of opened my eyes and it was like, damn, all right. So maybe <laughs> I didn't, I didn't have any closure, you know what I mean? And it's like one of those things where maybe that's one of the things that's wrecking me, you know, and, and, and a twist of fate, man, I got a call from my the same cousin that worked at that church. He called me one night, and I was supposed to be in L.A. for a week. And he called, and I, mean, I had meetings lined up all week. Like, I wasn't just going on vacation. No, you know? yeah, yeah, you're out for business. You're out, you're out working on some Brantley Gilbert shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he called, and he said, hey, man, I've got somebody here that, that you know, heard some things in your life had changed, and you know, wouldn't be, uh, you know, wouldn't mind getting together and just kind of no strings attached, just seeing how y'all have been. I knew exactly who he was talking about. And I said, let me call you right back. And man, I called him back and I was like, you know what, Doug, I ain't got shit going on this week. And I lied. I canceled everything. Uh, And I was at his house the next day. And honestly, man, I was sitting, I remember sitting in my truck being like, you know, single for life we're not doing this bullshit you know it's it's i really was on that tip like that's that's that was me i was a bad boy you know i wasn't wasn't meant to be tied down and all this stuff and then she walked around the corner and all that shit went out the window it's just like okay we all know what's happening and most of the people around me man knew that you know when they heard we'd kind of met back up or seen each other i think everybody around us knew it was like oh okay well that's back yeah you know? and that's not going anywhere <laughs> no, and the no. song, the song. Let's get back to the song. Let's get back to some music there too. It seems like a good segue. Are we going to be able to hear this song at any time soon? Hey man, you know it's one of those. Uh, it's more acoustic based. Some of my favorite stuff that I've ever written. Like I love the, the heavy shit, rocking shit. You know, adrenaline and, and being able to go out there firing shit on stage. You know, I love I love those. There's nothing like that feeling. But some of my favorite songs uh, that I've written. You know that 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 really are still relevant and mean the most to me are, you know, songs that, you know, they're not the jammers. They're not the headbangers. You're kind right, of right, right. They got a little bit more, they got a little bit more feeling to them in, in a lot of ways, or maybe not more, just a different feeling to them. Right. Just it's yeah. something that's, uh, like, it goes back to the romantic shit, man. We, we love our, we love our romantic movies. We like to get, 
pulling on those heartstrings, you know? Hey, man, romantic movies, I'll tell you this, they're so clutch, especially as a songwriter. And especially in, you know, another chapter of my life where I wasn't, like, in a relationship and not feeling lovey-dovey about shit, and you can watch a movie and be like, oh, all right, it'll give you a couple ideas. You can kind of survive on it, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, pretty man. amazing. Uh, I don't know if you want to spill the bees, but can you name any songs like that that you've written that were, like, you had to use a movie for inspiration for? Oh, man, dude, like... If you're a bird, I'm a bird, right? I never put that exactly in a song, but I remember, like, you know, watching a movie like that or seeing a movie like that. And, and think about it. These are extremely creative people that are really fucking good at their job, too, right? Absolutely, people, absolutely. Right? And they say things, and, and you see things and hear things that kind of just inspire you, like if you were playing a song. Mm-hmm. I, I love movies, man. I'm, I, I wish. I could stay awake reading because I, you know, I can can read a little bit at a time, but I just fall asleep, man. I can't. I don't fall asleep. I lose, I lose track of what I'm reading. Like my mind will keep reading, but I'm not. My mind's somewhere else. After like, after a few pages, it's just like it. It starts drifting again, and I can't. I can't stop it. It's just like the only thing that keeps me. I zone out when I'm watching TV. You know, a lot of times, and that's like. Before I go to bed, throw on the TV, just zone out. It's the only way I'm going to get my my brain to stop ticking right now. Yeah. Um, and then with movies, it's like just keep me in there. Just whatever it is, you got to keep me in there. And that's yeah. the, that's the definition of a good or bad movie to me. There's great in in every genre and everything. I don't care what that genre is, and for music too, you just got to keep my attention. That's all I'm asking for you right now. And uh, sure. fucking. Movie. Let's just, let me just ask a question. What would be one of your all-time favorite movies? Like you, you said Rambo. You said, but like you said, you know, um, you're really into war movies. So let's be more specific yeah. on that. Like, what's the best war movie that you that you go to? Man, I think Saving Private Ryan. I'm a big World War II guy, and it, that was that was one that I could watch a million times. Like great movie, like, like American Sniper and stuff too. Like mm-hmm. one of my favorites, I'll say, was the Thirteen Hours thing, the Benghazi movie. Um, oh, I did see that. Life. That was a few years ago now, right? Yeah, I did see that. That yeah. was that was pretty incredible. Yeah, and a buddy of mine, I actually know Tig, the actual guy. You know, not the actor, but mm-hmm. uh, he was actually in that that situation. He was in Benghazi when it happened, and and they had an actor play him. But knowing the real story and then seeing the movie was was really cool you know you kind of felt attached in another way and um you know it enraged the shit out of you but um you know i love movies like that i love movies about things that you know a lot of people write movies watch movies they can relate to and dig into those i'm kind of i like watching shit that i don't know anything about you know (laughs) i love that no that's a great call dude i mean that's why I'm I'm having I don't know about you I'm having a great time with this conversation because I don't know a lot about about like the country world like I'm a fan but I don't know know what it's like I didn't grow up in a small town in Georgia like you I grew up in Southern California next to the beach it's a very different lifestyle right like it's uh, oh for real but you know I'm I'm like you it's kind of why I started doing this podcast I want to get to know people a little bit better about about their about their walks of life. We know about the music we know we know uh, about about that life and that's great. Really, really happy for you. Congratulations on all that. Appreciate I want to get to know you, though. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's a, uh, they could go to a, a magazine, go to a country music magazine, a country music interview, 
you'll you'll answer the same questions a million times i'm sure right it's all about yeah. <laughs> it's always the same fucking questions <laughs> they do uh, that in the rock world too let me tell you <laughs> <laughs> but i'll tell you between country and rock uh, the closest I could, uh, the closest story I got, maybe you could relate to a little bit. I know y'all did some warp tour stuff. Oh yeah, right. Like everyone ever did. Y'all yeah, in the rock shit. world, you kind of—I mean, not everyone, but um, most people—and I, I get along with people better in the rock world who have been through a warp tour because you kind of know you were in the shit. We can get along. Oh together. yeah. <laughs> we did the Willie Nelson Throwdown tour, and there were some a lot of the people that were putting this this tour on were warp tour folks. Okay. So. It was the Willie Nelson Throwdown Tour. I think it was like 2006 or seven. And was, man, was, was Kenny Leith on that like, as like a stage manager? I think very big possible. Dude, big, big dude, long hair, looks like fucking. We called him Thor before uh, Chris Hemsworth came out. I feel like that's. That, I feel like that. Maybe yeah. If I, I might know him if I saw I'm just, him. I'm thinking of the different. Right. I'm thinking of the different hands that would have been from Warp Tour over there. And then ended up doing stagecoach out here in the wow. Well, we're getting all these weeds together. This small world we're living in together, and everyone's like listening. We're like, we're like, uh, did you know that guy? I hope everyone's actually enjoying that part of the conversation because yeah. it might get cut out. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, I, I remember on that tour, like it was it was our first big tour, so we didn't know any different. But I know there were uh, some other guys on the bill that had been around a minute that was like, this shit's crazy. You know, they we'd wake up some mornings and the shower would be a plastic bag hanging on the bus mirror. You know, you guys are like, a little bit more inventive than us. We just took the, the, the cans of water that were allotted to us and just dumped it over the head. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, it was like, you know, there were some some nights on that where you didn't have showers. Bathrooms were like poured potties and stuff and. No one went to warns like now. Like, I feel like it's the same way for anybody that once you get to like arenas and, and sheds and stuff, you know, you got your rooms and you got your, your area and there's some some separation where you can actually have a little bit of peace of mind, you know. But honestly, it, it didn't bother me at all. The chaos and the mayhem and the, the kind of shit going everywhere. I, I, I'm how comfortable. Old, how old were um, you when you were doing this tour? See, or how long ago was it? 22 or 23, probably. Okay, see, that's the perfect time to tour like that. I I feel the Warped Tour days for me were, I I didn't go to college. That was was my college. That was my college years. I started doing those when I was 19 years old. Um, And to your point, I I didn't notice something, though. You did say you were hanging that bag off of of a bus driver's window, right? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, fuck you that you had a bus because the first two that I did, I was in a fucking Econo van. <laughs> so I will tell you this: before we had a bus, there were nine of us in a Ford Excursion, and we had the little trailer behind us, dude. And my grand entrance every night, I had to ride in the back. I got me a futon mattress, right, and folded it in half, and I fit it in the back hatch. Nice. And I'd sit back there. I, that was my little spot. So when we get to the venue every night, they'd like open the hatch on the back door. <laughs> and I'd like come crawling out of it, step on the trailer hitch and walk in the bar to a show. You know, did they ever uh, fuck? Did they ever fuck with you though? And be like, I'm not letting you out. I'm not letting you out. <laughs> oh, dude. Let me tell you. Well, you know how it is. You're ready to fucking kill everybody. Oh, you're so you're mad. Like, so mad oh, at all times. <laughs> I had this one dude, man, he, and I love him to death. He, he couldn't stand my ass. I wasn't a big fan of his either, but he, 
he hated smoke. And I smoked, so I'd sit back there and smoke cigarettes, and I'd be hammered, you know, drinking Jaeger and whatever, you know. And oh, the college was, years uh, with Jaeger. Everyone's had uh, those. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't think I ever lost my voice, but I didn't make great decisions either. Yeah. I, I think, dude, I, I'll tell you this. I think my transition over to the Willie Nelson side of things, um, man – you know, people in the sobriety community, you know, I have to be very careful about using the word sober because, you know, I have respect for that community and the people in it. And right, right. You know, every, we're all as different as our fingerprints, right? For me, um, I've got a buddy. My, my head is, well, I won't tell you exactly, but there's a guy on the road with me that's, that's my brother and, and love him to death. But he smokes the way I used to drink. Like, he can't just smoke a little bit. He's going to, smoke as much as you've got, you know, in right. one sitting where when he drinks, he can kind of sip and he can drink one night, not drink the next. Like I didn't have a all switch on my drinking. Like with pot, you know, man, I may smoke one night and then I may not think about it for two, three days. You know what I mean? It's not something that I had to live and die by. And for whatever reason, that's, that's the only thing in my life I've really ever been, you know, habitually, you know, that I've never been just, drawn to on a daily basis or that I didn't feel like I had to have, or, you know, it didn't put me in a, in a bad spot. So it's a, you know, it's a, it's a little bit different thing, but we, we were, we were laughing the other night. It was like, I finally told him, I said, dude, he, he quit smoking about, he does this thing where he'll quit for 30 days or he'll quit for 60 days. And as long as he quits up to a year and he gets, uh, you know, when he gets ready to do it, he'll always tell me like, I got a week and then I'm going to quit. I'm going to knock off and, it's like we, we were laughing about it the other night. I was like, "Dude, literally, you smoke the way I drink, and and, and I smoke the way you drink." Is you know, so maybe you need to stick to drinking, and I need to stick to smoking. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> or just your powers combined make the make the perfect crossfade. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. Wherever you're listening to this podcast, make sure you're subscribed and leave us a five star review. If you want to listen to this show ad-free, head over to drinkswithjohnny.com and become a premium member. You'll get to enjoy unreleased clips from your favorite guests, discounts on merchandise in our shop, and access to our private Discord server where you can chat one-on-one with Johnny Christ himself. Awesome! So stay tuned, stay thirsty, and stay filthy as fuck. Oh man, I, I think I interrupted one of your stories. You're about to tell you like you're like you know how it is when on in those days you're just mad at everybody around you. And I was asking if they ever fucked with you on the on the hitch. Yeah, I think you were oh. about to tell a little story. You're like, oh yeah, there was this one time. Oh well, dude, I mean you know how it is. Well, there are a bunch of times you know you, right, you right, wake right. up with like French fries and shit in your nose. Or, <laughs> you know, uh, I, I'll say that when I drank, it, it was also kind of tied to to some other habits and you know on those you you find yourself in a little bit more of a it's, it's not necessarily sleep it's more of a pass out situation right. so you know you wake up and they fucking drawing something on you or put something in your nose you know. yeah it was uh you know and but we look back on on those days now man and those were kind of the good old days when you could show up at a bar and drink with the people you're about to play for and hang out with them and party with them and yeah, dude, I, I honestly, I miss that. I, I miss the environment of being able to be just one of the crowd until it's time to go up and party with them. You know, 
nowadays. I mean, and obviously it's a it's a valid necessity, right? When when it gets to a certain point, to be able to have a little bit of separation. Um, but but I will say, dude, I, I really do. I, I miss those days, and you know, no matter how mad at each other you get, you know, somebody starts shit with one of you, they get in every one of you. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. There's been a lot of a lot of rollouts of the van. I'll tell you that. But uh, yeah, yeah, I can uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm I'm glad you pointed that out, man, because I I miss those days too. Every every time, like I just I don't know about you. Maybe maybe you can speak on this a little bit, and then I'll let you go. But uh, the uh, lately I've been a little bit more uh, retrospective. I've been looking back at my life a little bit more. I don't know. I think I think a lot of people did that over the last couple of years, right? And like yeah. looking at where I was and where I am now. Because you don't think about that shit until someone brings it up and you're like, man, it's pretty fucking crazy that I just dropped out of high school and went to be in this band and ended it and it ended up fucking working. You know, it's like that, that's yeah. that's a rare fucking story. Right. Even that in itself. And then thinking about how young I was playing in front of thousands of people at like before I was able to legally drink, you know, and right. doing a bunch of shit like that. And for you starting out the way you said and. And going off and doing these big Willie Nelson tours at like 20, 22, 23 years old, I'm, I'm sure you could relate to that and speak to that. Like, do you ever sit back? I mean, I, I don't, again, I don't do it that often. So if you don't, it's totally fine. And really think about where your career has come from and what and how that's changed your life, really, and, and given you a, an education that you don't get in school, you don't get in books, you don't get on, well, you don't get much education on the internet these days, but you get the point, you know. Yeah, we, dude, we've got a P, we, we've got our PhD in in road and in touring and in shows and, and all that. But yeah, dude, I, honestly, if you, if you think about it, between us and athletes, that's like the riskiest investment, right? One of the riskiest, you know, investments in this country. And you're not just investing money; you're investing your whole lives. Like, I, you know, I'm not very familiar with your situation. Um, but I know I wasn't born, I wasn't hungry, but I didn't have a silver spoon in my mouth. You know what I mean? And it yeah. wasn't, it was one of those things where we had to work. And it's like, you're, you know, it comes to a certain point where it's like, all right, if I'm going full time, like I'm investing my future in this, not just my current time and not just every dime of money that I have, which I, you know, I can't count the times we went broken <laughs> in the beginning. You know, you're, you're staying an extra night sometimes to, to play the venue one more time. So you got enough gas money to get to the next one. You know, man, I, yeah, I look at some of these, these guys coming up now and I, you know, hear their stories and, and honestly, like you would think for a minute that you, you kind of, you would want it that way, but I, I don't know, man, it's here, the, the, you know, experience we got and, you know, from coming up and actually, you know, playing just with you and acoustic guitar, like that was the way I started. And I learned how to communicate and, and kind of, cause you're, 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 you're the leader at that point. You got to yeah. escort all these people through a party and learn how to communicate. And that's, you know, with every step of my career, I can honestly say that, you know, if I had gone to, to college, I, I don't, I wouldn't have learned how to, be good at what I'm good at now. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm sure you can relate to that. We, yeah, there's not a, there's not a lot of classes that, that teach that shit, you know, and it's not, and you know, there's, there's art schools and there's art, you know, that has music and acting and all that stuff. And those, those are great for people who are going to be trained in it. But for guys like, I think you and myself, it's like, I wouldn't have learned that way. Like that's just, that's not, that's not 
that's not my wheelhouse. I got to go out and live it and figure it out. Yeah. I, I can't, I can't just sit back and practice and practice and practice. Like, no, nah, I'm getting out there. I'm going to fucking figure it out while I'm out there. Yeah. I think yeah, that's, we've got our PhD in music, man, but not like the, not music theory or classical. I don't have, a, <laughs> I have my utility guy it has two degrees in music and, you know, I feel like sometimes he looks at me like I'm just the most ignorant person with two legs. You know, um, it, <laughs> oh yeah, because when we I've worked with I work with plenty of people who are music theory geniuses, and you and you're like, and I'm just self taught, so I'm just like, oh, I want to I want to make it sound like eerie or you know, I know enough words, you know, but like you're trying to paint the picture of what you want this other person to play or what you're going to play and like why it's supposed to work. And there's a, there's a music way of saying it, and I'm and I don't know what that is. And every time I do, then someone else is like, "Oh, he means a four there and a five there with a with a three on the back." And I'm like, "All right, all right, uh, yeah, what he said." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my band leader is my translator. It's like, dude, I have to have several translators in my life. I feel like if I get above the Mason Dixon line, like I need an actual fucking translator. When we got to Europe. <laughs> Dude, I'm not shit. Those people looked at me like I fell off the fucking turnip truck. You know, like I'd, I'd talk, how's everybody doing tonight? What the fuck is he? What did he fucking say? Yeah. <laughs> well, they have yeah. it too, though. The funny thing is, like, so uh, you learn after traveling and going uh, abroad and stuff, like, they're big countries. Like, they're not as big countries, most of them, but they're big countries too. They don't just have, like, they have they have different accents in the different cities too. It's just yeah. <laughs> we lump it all in, and then, but then like, oh, every English person sounds like a fucking professor in a science lab. That is not the fucking case. Let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's bad, but yeah, no, it's, it's all, all fun. Man. It's all fun stuff, man. I'm I'm so glad you're on this show. I'll let you go, but uh, I want to ask real quickly if you if you mind send me one of those Brantley Gilbert boxes. I, I, I was I was taking a look at man. Consider it done, brother. That's another one of these little, uh, the, you know, things we started doing new over the the eighteen month process. It's 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 been really cool. It's been a lot of fun. We've we've got to develop some relationship with some a lot of kind of self starter companies that, you know, are putting out some killer fucking products. That's you know, um, to, it's been a lot of fun, man. And uh, we found it. You know, a lot of people that, that buy these things are, are, you know, you get feedback and they're like, damn, I didn't think I'd ever use this, but it's, it's a, you know, you get a cool little knife in there most of the time. And they even put a candle in one of them bitches, dog. And I ain't much of a candle dude, but I'm going to tell you that. What was the that, scent? What was the scent? Blue Ridge Campfire. Ooh, Campfire. I, I could get behind yeah. that. I could get behind yeah. that. Dude, I don't, <laughs> that sounds like a perfect BG. That sounds like a perfect BG scent. A Campfire going oh, yeah. on. Oh yeah, <laughs> I absolutely love it, man. Um, you, you you're out on the road right now, right? You got some tours you're doing. I'm yeah. fucking super jealous because we're not back out yet. But uh, <laughs> when we do, if you don't mind, uh, I know we play a lot of these same arenas. Let's, let's find out which ones, and we'll leave we'll leave each other little notes when we're when we're when we're back out on the road together. I'm down, brother. Totally <laughs> down. Hell yeah. Oh, great, and you got a, you got did you get some new music coming out of uh, out of the last eighteen months or whatever? You got some you got a new album coming out I, I hear or something like that? Yeah, we do, man. We're working pretty hard right now and we're kinda of figuring out uh you know, release dates and, and looking at things like that. And I'm always I'm sure you can wait constantly kind of developing you know, constantly writing and trying to figure you know, just if we can outright or outdo what we've already got. Um, right. 
we're, we're kind of in that process. We're just in the, the planning phase, you know, where it goes to the label management. We're all trying to figure out exactly how it rolls out. But yeah, man, we got some stuff on deck and uh, some right retreats planned too. And man, we need to get together one of these days if we can't pin us one. Dude, I would absolutely fucking love that. Dude, I, 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 I fucking, I would love that. I appreciate that invite. Now, I'll, I'll make that happen. I'll give you, I'll, uh, I'll give Aaron there who hooked us up today. Uh, my number will stay in touch, and because there's so much more we could get into on or off the camera, I don't give a fuck. I just want to hang out and have some and have some fun. Maybe play some tunes, smoke some pot, and have have a good time. I'm down, man. Let's do it. <laughs> All right, brother. Thanks so much for being here, everyone. Go check out more with Brantley Gilbert. You can find him pretty fucking easily these days. All right, everyone. <laughs> until next time. Cheers. You man, dog. And that'll just about do it for this week's episode of Drinks with Johnny. Thanks to Brantley for being on the show. Thanks to you guys for listening. And uh, thanks to Brandon Lombardo, our director and graphic designer, for putting together this awesome new line of merch we got over at drinkswithjohnny.com. That's right. Shameless plug coming right now. Keep listening through. Um, (laughs) Head over to drinkswithjohnny.com and pick up your blackout box right now for your chance to win the golden ticket and be a guest on Drinks with Johnny. That's right. Five winners will be allowed to be on this show and have a chat with me, possibly Brando, possibly Sam, possibly Dione. Who knows who's going to show up? But uh, anyways, uh, there's also just like really cool merch that Brandon put together. Um, All that stuff is going to support of the show for Sam, Brandon, and Dione. None of that's going in my pocket, believe it or not. Um, <laughs> but either way, I'm really happy with everything that, and how it's going. Season three was an absolute knockout for us. Uh, had so much fun with you guys. Um, can't wait to continue to uh, bring you guys new content each and every week, as well as getting geared up for season four. We're going to shake things up in season four for sure and have a lot of fun there. So stay tuned, stay thirsty, stay filthy as fuck. As always, cheers. Hello, Tom May here, host of Future Friday. I've spent the last 15 years on the road with my band, The Menzingers, where I've met all kinds of wild and fascinating people. So I started a podcast. On Future Friday, I talked to fellow musicians about the moments that made them, their passions outside of music, and the curiosities that tie us all together. I've also talked to the likes of UFO researchers, magicians, soldiers, and documentary filmmakers, and I'm constantly searching for folks that can shape and change our view of the world. You can check out Future Friday wherever you like. Hey, this is Chris Swinney, formerly of the Ataris and currently host of That One Time on Tour, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Have you ever wondered what it's really like on the road? The highs can be euphoric, but the lows can be crushing. Join me every week as I chat with industry pros about what it's like living out their wildest dream and, in some cases, their worst nightmare. Past guests of the show include members of NoFX, Pennywise, Bad Religion, and more. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com.